I'd like to thank everybody for listening. This is the Five Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Garland. Uh, as you're listening now, I'd like to encourage you to go follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the Five Wire Podcast and on Twitter at the Five P. What's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you for checking back in. This is episode two of the Five Wire Podcast. Today, we'll be doing a preview of the Big Ten. I'll be covering uh, the Big Ten West, their teams, the coaches. The head coaches, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, their schemes, returning players, recruiting rankings, top prospects, and key matchups. Uh, I'll also be doing conference championship predictions on who I think is going to come out of the Big Ten West. So thank you for listening, and let's get it. All right, let's start with the armpit of the Big Ten, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Mm-mm. Four and eight last year, two and seven in the Big Ten. Head coach Lovey Smith. This is his fourth year. He has nine and twenty-seven overall in three full seasons. They're four and twenty-three in the Big Ten. Honestly, I don't even know why Lovey's here. He's just collecting a check at this point. Offensive coordinator Rod Smith. This is his second season. Last year they were ranked eleventh in the Big Ten. Nothing to be scared about. Defensive coordinator. Uh, was, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was Hardy Nickerson. Uh, Hardy Nickerson is gone now. Lovey is the defensive coordinator. Over the past three seasons with Hardy as D coordinator, they were ranked 12th in the Big Ten in total defense. Um, that was their average. I'm pretty sure he's going to convert them to 4-3 Tampa 2. I think they were a 4-3 base team before. I just don't think that they were primarily covered 2. Um I mean, Lovey has said him taking over the defense, it's going to be his full identity. He wants to get back to that. He wants to get back to uh, calling the defense. I think this is the underplay for the overplay. <laughs> he's calling the defense because he knows next year he's going to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL because he's getting fired after this season. Um, return of production. They've got 70% of their offensive production coming back. Uh, 81% of their defensive production coming back, 75% of their total production coming back. That's pretty good. That's 16th overall in the NCAA. Um, so they got a lot, lot, lot of kids coming back that actually contributed last year. Um, one of them, probably the best player on the roster is Reggie Corbin. Uh, he had 128 carries last year, 1,000 yards, averaged 8.5 yards a carry. If you don't know who this kid is, you need to check him out. Go watch the film. Uh, this is his senior year. He's pretty shifty, and he's electric in open field. Like He's not going to get taken down off one tackle in, in, in the open field, and I think that if Illinois can create some opportunities for him and not be so stale, uh, not just run zone, um, but actually create space for him, You know, put him in the slot, let him work against some back, backers, uh, I think that they might have an opportunity to do something offensively. Um, but honestly, it's just hard for me to believe that any Illinois team, especially in this era, um, can compete the way that, you know, people would like for them to compete. They are ranked 59th in the 2019 recruiting class. Uh, that was 13th best in the Big Ten. But I like a couple of their kids that they did bring in. Uh, that One of them is a four-star. His name is Marquez Beeson. He's from Texas. Uh, you can check his film out. He looks really, really athletic. Uh, was getting recruited to play receiver and DB. Uh, Illinois uh, 
he's an early en enrollee. He's already playing corner. Uh, he got some reps in the spring game. They think he's going to, you know, compete to be a starter. But that should be interesting. And then another kid, uh, four-star athlete. His name is Isaiah Williams. Uh, I say athlete because that's what uh, 247 Sports says he is. He's a quarterback, man. Um, a lot of people didn't recruit him to play quarterback because he's 5'10". But at this point, Lovey's trying to save his job. And the kid wanted to play quarterback. Illinois told him that he could play quarterback. He's going to come in in fall camp and play quarterback. I think probably if the season's awry, probably by week four, week five, you might see this kid in action. It just depends on uh, how they look and, and uh, the, the way that the season's going to go. I can probably tell you that this kid's going to be the starter before the season ends. Uh, let's go through the schedule. We'll try to see how many wins we can find for this terrible-ass team. Uh, week one against Akron. That's a win. Week two at UConn. It's questionable. I'll, I'll say that's a win. Week three at home against EMU. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of world are we living in that Eastern has a freaking decent team? I'm going to say that's a loss. That's two and one. Uh, at home against Nebraska, that's a loss. Two and two. At Minnesota, two and three. At home against U of M, two and four. At home against Wisconsin, two and five. At Purdue, two and six. At home against Rutgers, the only team that's worse than you, three and six. At MSU, three and seven. At Iowa, three and eight. At home against Northwestern, three and nine. I, I, I love you. Yeah, this is Lovey's last year. I don't see them uh, winning more than three games. They might squeak out a game or two. They might beat Eastern. That's a big might. Uh, they always win some game that they're not supposed to. Like all those teams that are at Michigan State, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, they always lose a game that they're not supposed to lose. And it's usually to a team like Illinois. So at most, I got four. Four is the high. It's probably Lovey's last year. I'm going to predict it. Um, not a good season at all. I just don't see enough offensive and defensive production uh, talent-wise to compete in this conference. Um, they're going to have to get somebody in there. Like, for one, can we get an offensive guy? I, you're going to hear me on this podcast. I'm not going to bash defensive guys, but you can't have Lovey Smith as your head coach at Illinois. I mean, he's just not going to do what's necessary to get kids in there and compete and bring some life to the program. Those people living in Chicago probably hate Lovey. Like, they had to watch, you know, the Bears all those years, even though he's Mr. 10 and 6 and, you know, would usually either get bounced out in the first round or miss the playoffs at 10 and 6. But those Illinois grads that are Bears friends, they're probably ready to slit their throat. They had enough of Lovey. So, final prediction, I'm going to say 3 and 9, and Lovey gets fired. All right, next up, we're going to talk about one of the teams I think is going to surprise the Big Ten this year. That's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Last year, they went 4-8, and 3-6 in Big Ten play. They won four of their last six games. Uh, that included a 31-36 loss at Ohio State and a 28-31 loss at Iowa. Both games they were winning. Uh, head coach is one of my favorite head coaches in the NCAA right now, Scott Frost. Offensive coordinator, Troy Walters. Last year, they were ranked sixth in total offense. They run a no-huddle spread. 
uh, zone scheme heavy RPOs. Defensive coordinator is Eric Chenard. Uh, they ran a 3-4 last year. They ranked 12th in total defense. I'm just going to talk about, uh, you know, the staff for a second. I think this is probably one of the best staffs in America. Uh, they had a lot of turnover last year. Uh, Scott Frost basically came in and said, look, if you're not going to work to our standards, if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to beg you to be here. Uh, you can leave. And I think at, at one point, uh, including uh, they were second in the Big Ten as far as how many freshmen and red shirt freshmen they had behind Minnesota. I, th I think when they played Michigan, they had something like 38 kids were either freshmen or red shirt freshmen. And most of those kids were playing. Um, that's why they didn't get a win until what? They were already 0-6 before they got a win. So um, one of the kids coming back, a true freshman who started last year, probably their, their best return of starters, quarterback Adrian Martinez. Uh, he was playing with a hurt knee most of the year. Um, but listen to these freshman stats, 64% completion rate, 2,600 total, uh, 2,600 pass yards, 17 TDs, eight interceptions, 139 passer rating. That's pretty good for being on a bum knee uh, probably about half the year. I think a full season, a full offseason, um, he got healthy. I think he's going to be a, a, a front runner for a Big Ten West player of the year. Uh, probably along with Rondell Moore. We'll get to Rondell Moore later. Uh, ranked 18th, according to 247 Sports, they were ranked 18th in recruiting. Uh, so they had a top 25 recruiting class. That was, that was fourth best in the Big Ten. Once again, that's according to 247 Sports. Uh, best recruit was four-star Wondell Robinson. Go catch that film. Wondell, W-A-N-D-A-L-E, Robinson. Um Small kid, he's about 5'10", uh, but electric. They're going to move this kid around. He's going to play receiver. Uh, he's going to be in the slot. They're going to let him play tail. He's just a pure athlete. And it's funny that I just brought up Rondell Moore because that's exactly who he reminds me of. Um, and I think that that's how they're going to use him. Uh, I heard Scott talking uh, the other day, and he basically said that you know, they've thrown the playbook at the kid and just seen seen what stick. And he hasn't had any problems with learning uh, anywhere that they put him. So uh, I think that this kid will probably compete for uh, Big Ten West freshman player of the year if he stays healthy. I, I think he's that good. Um, now let's go through the schedule and, and predict the record. So we got game one at home versus South Alabama. I'm going to say that's a win. Game two at Colorado. I'm going to say that that's a win. Game three. I know they, they lost to Colorado last year in a shootout at home. But I think the circumstances and the buildup, like last year, their first game, they didn't even have a first game. It got rained out, so they didn't even get to play week one. And then they played Colorado week two and lost in a shootout. And I remember Scott saying that he thought that them not playing week one really hurt them as far as development because they came out and that was their first experience and and it took them a while to get back on track because that's all that they had in their minds i think that they go to colorado this year and they get that win so versus northern illinois win three and oh at illinois win four and oh versus ohio state so at home against ohio state i'll say that's a loss four and one at home against northwestern five and one 
at Minnesota. I'm going to say that that's a swing game. So for right now, we'll count it as a loss. That's five and two. Versus Indiana. So at home against Indiana, six and two. At Purdue. I'm going to say that that's a swing game. But I'm going to take the win on that one. So seven and two. At home against Wisconsin, seven and three. At Maryland, I think that's a win. Eight and three. And at home against Iowa, I'm going to say nine and three. So right now, I have the losses at home against Ohio State, at Minnesota, and at home against Wisconsin. Nine and three. I could see that. Um, I could also see seven and five. <laughs> I could see seven and five, too. I think that uh, as far as wins and losses in the season for Nebraska, I don't see. Like I don't see the pressure being on Scott yet. I think he still has another year before you start hearing, hey, what's going on? I think he can win seven games this year, and if they compete in those losses, if they look like they belong, like if they look like they did at the end of last year in those losses, I think he's fine. I don't think they can look like how they did at the beginning of the year and not being able to stop anyone or do anything. Um but I know they're going to score points. It's defensively that they have to get right. I just think a full offseason there, um, kids coming back, I can see them being all right. Final prediction, 9-3. Next up, we got the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Last year, they went 7-6, and 3-6 in Big Ten play, ended the season with a 34-10 win in a quick lane bowl. Head coach P.J. Fleck. Uh, they went. He has gone twelve and thirteen in his two seasons there. So he's gone on his third year, uh, five and thirteen in Big Ten play. Offensive coordinator is Kirk Soraka. Uh, this is his third year as well. They've been the tenth best offense uh, as far as total offense in his two years as the offensive coordinator. They run a spread concept, uh, mostly gap scheme, a lot of H back, uh, heavy play action. Defense coordinator is Joe Rossi. He took over. Last year, like uh, I want to say like week six, he took over. Uh, they're a 4-3 base team. Um, not able to get those numbers on actually, you know, what they were ranked when he took over. Uh, last year, half the roster was freshman or redshirt freshman. And by half the roster, I mean 55 kids. At the beginning of the season last year, P.J. Flex started off the season with 55 kids who were freshmen or redshirt freshmen, and he won seven games. A lot of people give P.J. Fleck a lot of flack, no pun intended. Um, I'm probably one of them just because uh, I didn't like how he left Western. I didn't like the fact that he left for Minnesota for Western. Hell, I could probably argue that Western's a better job, but uh, I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, but to go seven and six... With those numbers, that's pretty good. Returning production, they have 90% of their offensive production coming back. 90% of their offensive production coming back. 66% of their defensive production coming back. That's 10th overall in the NCAA. Number one in the Big Ten as far as production coming back. They ranked the 2019 recruiting class, according to 247 Sports, was ranked 43rd. That's 10th best in the Big Ten. Uh, their top recruit, uh, 
is a quarterback from Rockwell, Texas, named Jacob Clark. Uh, he's about 6'5", 210. He could probably put on another 15 to 20 pounds. Uh, ran a spread in high school similar to what Minnesota runs. Uh, some jet, some H-back stuff, heavy play action. Looks like he can move his feet a little bit. Uh, so let's go through the schedule and, and you know, try to predict and, and see what kind of games we got coming up. They have... They start the season at home against San Diego State. I'm going to say that's a win. That This schedule is going to be tough for me because I think that Minnesota, like, coming off Minnesota for one second, the Big Ten West in general is just football, man. Like, the, it's no distractions. It's like you just got coaches who coach, who shut their mouths. You know, P.J. Flex an eccentric guy, but he coaches, man, like, that that's that's the whole Big Ten West. Next episode, you're gonna hear me talk about the Big Ten East. There's a couple guys in the Big Ten East I <laughs> that I really don't like, uh, and it's just the conference as a whole over there. It's like a circus. The Big Ten East is a circus. It's the better it's the better side of the conference. Don't get me wrong, but it is a pure circus as far as head coaches are concerned. We'll get into that next episode. But just getting back to uh, you know Minnesota. <sighs> Like I had Nebraska going nine and three. I'm gonna it's gonna be tough for me to not say Minnesota's gonna be at just as good. So let's get back into the schedule. Minnesota starts off the season at home against San Diego State. I'm gonna say that's a win. This is a tough one right here. At Fresno, the time to be determined. Uh so they gotta take that West Coast trip. It's probably a night game. It's the second week of the season. We all know how Big Ten teams perform when they play in Cali, especially at night. I'm going to say that's a loss just because I don't know what time it is. I, I could swing maybe a day game than winning. So let, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it as a swing. We'll keep it as a swing loss for right now um, just because I don't know what time the game is. Uh, and I would love – somebody want to find me those numbers on Big Ten teams playing in Cali at night. And during the day, I swear there has to be a difference. Northwestern went out to Stanford a couple of years ago and won during the day. Michigan State went out to Arizona State last year and pooped their pants. So I'm going to say that Minnesota goes to Fresno. I'll keep it a swing game. We'll keep it a swing loss. If it's at night, it's a loss. I'll say if it's during the day, it's a win. Next up, that they're at home against Georgia Southern. That's a win. At Purdue, I'm going to say that's a loss. Versus Illinois, that's a win. Versus Nebraska, I'm going to say that's a win. At Rutgers, that's a win. At home against Maryland, that's a win. At home against Penn State. <laughs> you got <laughs> If you're a Penn State fan, you probably should not listen to me at all this year. Uh, that At home against Penn State, that's a win. At Iowa, that's a loss. At Northwestern, that's a win. At home against Wisconsin, that's a loss. So I got eight and four, which isn't bad. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good year, especially coming off a seven and six year. I think eight and four there is like, you might as well freaking build a trophy of the guy and or a statue and let him ride off into the sunset. I mean, 
Hell, it's eight wins at Minnesota. That's pretty good. And that's with a swing game. That's a swing loss. So they could end up nine and three. I mean, I think in a year where you don't play Ohio State and you don't, how does that happen? How, what, time out. How does that happen where some of these teams, like Minnesota goes a year, they don't have to play U of M, Michigan State, or Ohio State. They get to play Penn State. Rutgers, come on. All right, but still, they're going. I'm, I'm gonna say eight and four, nine and three at best with the swing game. We'll revisit that swing game at, at another date once we figure out, you know, what time they're playing at Fresno. Next up, we got the Purdue Boilermakers. Last year, they went six and seven, five and four in the Big Ten. Probably the best seven loss team that I saw in America. What's another seven loss team in America? I don't know. I, I really don't, but. This was one of the best teams that I saw last year with that type of record. Let's just keep it at that. Head coach Jeff Brom. This is his third year. He is 13 and 13, 9 and 9 in Big Ten play. Uh, ended the season last year in the bowl game, 63-14, smashing the Arbor. Uh, Co-offensive coordinators are Brian Brom and Jamarcus Shepard. Uh, last year was their first year as co-OCs together. Um, they ranked fifth as far as total offense in the Big Ten. They run a variation of the spread, a lot of downfield passing, heavy play action. Uh, defensive coordinator Nick Holt. This is his third season. Uh, they have averaged as the 11th best defense in the Big Ten since he's been there. Uh, they have a base 4-3 scheme. The return in production, 37% of their offensive production is coming back. It's probably one guy. We'll get to him later. 72% of their total defense production is coming back. 54% of their total team production is coming back. That's not good. That's 103rd in the Big Ten. We talked about them only bringing back 37% of their um, total offense. <clears throat> uh, a lot of that was from David Blow. He's gone. Uh, the quarterback, but they are bringing back Rondell Moore, who's probably the best player in the conference, not just the Big Ten West, but the Big Ten entirely, probably the best offensive player in the conference. As a true freshman last year, 114 catches, almost 1,300 receiving yards, and 12 T. That's sick. That's sick as a true freshman. And I think he's going to, you know, lead the new wave of, you know, kids are, kids are done, I think, you know, going places – where just because of the name, I mean, other than Bama, kids are starting to go where they can play. Like, they realize the more film on them, the better. Uh, and, you know, it's different than basketball, man. Like, if you're a junior and you're legit, you're a top two-round talent, top two, top three-round talent, you're going pro, man. It's, it's, it's no point not to. Uh, all the people say stay in school. Not when I'm 21, my body's going to be done at 31. If I'm lucky, if I'm a tailback, my body's done at 27. That's a totally different story. But body done at 31, I'm going pro. I can finish that year anytime. You know, kids kids want to play, you know, and, and I think he is a perfect example of a kid that probably could have went somewhere else, probably could have went to Penn State, play receiver there. 
didn't because he probably would have been got redshirted. Um, here, here I'm Penn State hate. Well, uh, but you know, I think he's gonna lead the new wave of kids that are immediately playing as freshmen. And he's not that big. He's like five nine. He's like a buck eighty. Any other kid like with that stature, somebody's telling him he's got to sit for a year. And he came in and did that. Uh, last year, they were the 25th best recruiting class, according to 247 Sports. That was fifth best in the Big Ten. Uh, top recruit was four-star George Kaloftis, 6'4", 265, anchor in. Will probably be moved inside before it's all said and done. If you go and check his tape out, can move pretty good, uses his hands. Um, he could probably add another 20, 25 pounds on his frame. That's probably why I think he'll get kicked inside. Uh, let's go to the schedule, see if we can predict some win and losses. At Nevada, I got that as a win. At home against Vandy, that's a win. At home against TCU, I don't think the defense is good enough. That's a loss. At home against Minnesota, win. At Penn State, uh, God, I hate James Franklin. That's a loss. At home against Maryland, that is a win. At Iowa, that is a loss. At home against Illinois, that is a win. At home against Nebraska, that's a loss. At Northwestern, ooh, that's a tough one. I'll say that's a win. Uh, at Wisconsin, that's a loss. I, I think if they were at home, they would have a shot. And then against... Indiana at home. That's a win. So right now we have seven and five. And I think that's a like that's a pretty good seven and five. Like I could see them even squeaking out a game that they're not supposed to. Maybe, maybe going eight and four. But I think seven and five there, especially with that recruiting class. You give those kids another year to bake. Um, I think in two years they really make some noise to come out of the West. I think the West is really good i just think it's too early for the west like like purdue minnesota nebraska like these are some of the best up-and-coming teams in the nation not just the big 10 in the nation but it could just be like a year too early so i got them at seven and five Next up, we got the Wisconsin Badgers. They went 8-5 and five last year, 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. They ended the season with a 35-3 win against Miami in the Pinstripe Bowl. You're going to learn Miami is, is one of my favorite teams. Other than U of M, Miami is my favorite team in college college football. Um, yeah, I, I don't give a damn about that loss. Head coach is Paul Chris, Mr. Run It. Run, 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 play action. Paul Chris, 42-12. In his fourth season as a head coach, this is his fifth year. Um, he's been to a bowl game all four years with with, with Wisconsin. Uh, the OC is Joe Rudolph. He's been there all four years, so this is his fifth year. They have averaged as the sixth best offense as far as total offense is concerned. Uh, they run a pro-style set. Uh, they run a little single back, um, double tights. They run some eye, uh, heavy play action. Uh, literally, I, I wasn't joking earlier. It's like run, 
run, run. Oh, it's fourth and inches on our own 35. Sure. Quarterback sneak. Run, run, play action. 40-yard gain. Run, run. Oh, it's third and six. Here's a draw. Run, run, play action. Run, screen, run, play action. Touchdown. Like, literally, that's that's what I'm watching when I want. It's nothing to balk at. It's just not for me. I'm not about to sit up there and watch these guys run the ball 50 times. I'm not. Um, not nothing against them. It's productive. I mean, the dude is 42 and 12 in four years. Uh, defensive coordinator is Jim Leonard. This is his third year as a defensive coordinator. In the two years there, he's uh, averaged the third best total defense in the Big Ten. Uh, they run a 3-4. As far as returner production goes, they return 85% of their offense production, led by Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs in the country. 60% of their total defense is coming back. That's 73% overall. That's 29th in the nation as far as total production coming back. Uh, they ranked 44th, uh, according to 247 Sports, in recruiting. I mean, that's usually where they're at. Wisconsin usually isn't isn't a... A top 20 recruiting class, which is something I, I want to get at here in a second. Well, once once we get done talking about uh, the kid that they got, they're ranked 44th. <clears throat> That's ninth, ninth best in the Big Ten. Right, They got one five-star kid. Behold, it's an offensive lineman. His name's Logan Brown. Uh, he's 6'6", 305 pounds. He's, you see his film. The kid's a monster. He's definitely a future uh, all-Big Ten first team. He's a future... All pro, like you could look at the kid. He looks like a beast. He looks like he's gonna be that dude. Um, if you're offensive lineman, like there's only a, if you're an elite offensive lineman in college football or in high school, there's a couple of teams that you're looking at. Like I'm automatically throwing Bama, and I'm automatically throwing Wisconsin at the top of my list. I don't need to see any other letter. Bama offer me, I'm visiting. Wisconsin offer me, I'm visiting. Like, they're the, as an elite offensive lineman, and when I say elite, you're a five-star kid, there's a couple of places that you can go, period. You're not going to waste your four years anywhere. Um, but that brings me to another point. I had this conversation with uh, one of my boys before. Shout out to Cran. Um, why doesn't a five-star receiver want to go play at Wisconsin? Like, why? why have they never recruited a five-star receiver? Like, I think we brought a Lee Evans. Lee, Lee Evans was like a three or four star kid. Like, if I'm a five star kid, right? Or I'm just let's just say I'm an elite receiver, right? And I know I'm gonna have single coverage. I'm gonna have single coverage for ninety percent of the game, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be asked to block, but I get to work one on one. Heavy play action. A lot of deep routes. Why can't they get one kid there? Like, I I just don't get it. Just one. Just one. Like, I just want to see one 6'4 kid, super freak athlete, play there. Just one. Just to see what happens. I think that would be interesting. Um, let's, get into, let's get into this schedule real quick. All right, so they start the season... At South Florida. I'm going to say that's a win. They're at home against Central Michigan. I want to say that's a win. 
Now, this one took me a second. Third game of the year is at home against U of M. Let me see. Who the hell? Let's look at U of M's schedule because that's, that's next week that I'm going to dive into the Big Ten East. But um, I want to see U of M's first two games. Um, let's see. Here we go. Week one, Middle Tennessee State. Week two, Army. All right, so they'll both be 2-0. That's great. They get to play. They, they, dumb. They're playing Army, who's going to run the ball 70 times. And then they're going to play Wisconsin, who's going to run the ball 70 times. All right. That's not even the same type of preparation. They don't even run the same type of offense. Army is freaking triple option. So they're just going to get beat the hell up to play Wisconsin. Boy, I tell you, sometimes people try to... Let me get back on track. All right, so... <clears throat> Jesus. I don't even think Wisconsin is going to be that good. And I think U of M is probably going to be pretty good. But they're both going to be 2-0. I'm going to say that that's a swing loss. The reason I say it's a swing loss for Wisconsin is because they're at home and it's going to be a night game and it's going to be televised. And anybody who knows U of M knows that they don't play well on the road and they don't play well on a road game at night. And if that's two ranked teams at night, ESPN... It's probably a loss for U of M. But, but, I just think U of M is a better team right now. So I'm going to say it's a, a loss for Wisconsin. <clears throat> right, so next we got Northwestern at home. That's a win. First Kent State at home. That's a win. First State at home. I'm going to say that's a loss. That's a loss, which is where I just took U of M in a swing loss. Them to lose to U of M, but them to lose outright to Michigan State, not even a swing game. They're going to lose to Michigan State at home. That's a loss. At Illinois, that's a win. At Ohio State, I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, at home against Iowa. At Nebraska, I'm going to say that's a win. At home against Iowa is a win, sorry. Versus Purdue. So at home against Purdue, that's a win. And at home against Minnesota, that is a win. Let me tally that up because, you know, pre-production is a mess. Uh, win, one, one and 2-0, 2-1, 3-0, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, 5-3, 6-3, 7-3, 8-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 9-3, 
I think they're going to be all right. I'm going to say 10 wins. Uh, that's that's going to be my 9 to 10 wins. Right now, the Michigan game is a swing game. We'll revisit that later once we figure out if it's at night. If they're both undefeated, if they're both ranked, I'll give my judgment that week. Next up, we got the Iowa Hawkeyes. Last year, they tied for second in the Big Ten West with a nine and four overall record. They were five and four in the Big Ten. Uh, they beat Mississippi State twenty-one or twenty-seven to twenty-two in the Outback Bowl. Head coach is Kirk Ferentz. He has been there 21 years. Basically, every year that I've watched college football, my introduction to college football, there's been no other coach at Iowa than Kirk Ferentz. Uh, he's been to 16 bowl games with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Offensive coordinator is his son, Brian Ferentz. Uh, they're a pro-style team. Uh, they've been about at the six and a half, seven range as far as total offense since Brian has taken over in the Big Ten. Uh, defense... Of coordinator is Phil Parker. Phil's been there a while, right? Yeah, Phil has been the defensive coordinator there uh, the last seven years. So this is his eighth. They have averaged as the fifth best defense in that span. Uh, they're a four-two-five team, multiple front teams. Sometimes they go three-three-five. Uh, they're really they're they're a really fun team to watch defensively, offensively. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they ranked uh, 40th in 247 sports in uh, the recruiting class. That was ninth best in the Big Ten. Uh, best recruit was just uh, was Justin Jacobs, outside linebacker. Uh, he's going to be as he played DN in college or in high school. Uh, he stood up a lot. He's probably going to be. An, uh, that's why they have him listed as an outside backer. Uh, he's going to stand up. He's 6'3", 205. Uh, pretty athletic kid. Uh, I was able to watch a little bit of film. I mean, they basically just told the kid to go every time. He was he was better than every you know left tackle that he went, left right tackle that he went against in high school. Let's get into the schedule a little bit. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to break down Iowa. It's like literally cut and paste. Cut and paste Iowa team, bringing back 72% of their offense production. That's going to be a pretty decent team. Uh, bringing back 57% of their defense production, which means that they're going to give up some points. They don't score a lot. Right off the rip, I'm probably going to say they're going to win seven to eight games. Let's get in the schedule and check. Um, at home against Miami of Ohio, win. At home against Rutgers, win. At Iowa State. Ooh, I'm gonna say that's a win. Uh, versus Middle T State, that's a win. It's four and zero. Oh boy, here we go. At U of M, that is a loss. At home against Penn State, gosh, gosh, I wish I could say that that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> versus Purdue, win at Northwestern. I'm going to say that's a swing game, but I'm going to take that as a loss. Uh, at Wisconsin, loss. At home against Minnesota, win. At home against Illinois, win. At Nebraska, loss. So I have them ending up at 8-4. It's about, about right where I said without about 8-4. They could end up at 9-3. and three. 
depending on how well the defense plays, I think, and um, the production that they get offensively, I could see them winning nine games. All right, next up, we have the Big Ten champs, the Northwestern Wildcats, Big Ten West champs. Uh, 2008, they went 9-5, and 8-1 and one in Big Ten play. They ended the season, the Big Ten season, at 45-24 loss in the Big Ten title game. Um, they beat Utah 31-20 in the Holiday Bowl. Head coach Pat Fitzgerald, the most respected head coach in college football, I think. Uh, he has been there 13 years. Uh, 96-70 overall record, 9 bowl games in 12 seasons. That's, that's pretty good. Offensive coordinator is Mike McCall. Uh, spread, they, were, they run a spread concept. They have 53% of the offense returning as far as production. 71% of the total production on defense coming back. That's 62% total production. Uh, they lose Clayton Thorson. He leaves as the leader. Northwestern yards, completions, touchdowns, wins as a quarterback, and is also the only quarterback in Big Ten history to throw for 10,000 yards and run for 20 touchdowns. That's a... That's a big stat. Isaiah Bowser, 866 yards, uh, six touchdowns. He's coming back. He was a true freshman last year, tailback. Uh, 247 Sports has them ranked as the 51st recruiting class, uh, 12th in the Big Ten. Top recruit is Michael Janzi, weak outside linebacker, uh, 6'2", 210 pounds, could probably put on another 20. I think he's going to be that guy who stands up. He looks pretty good uh, on film. Uh you know, this team did this team last year. I thought this was a classic, classic example of a Pat Fitzgerald uh, team. Like, I, I didn't think that they were that good. I think he coached his ass off. I think he got the most out of that group last year. And losing Clayton Thorson hurts. I think you're going to see the drop off in quarterback play this year. And, and I think that's going to reflect in the record. Um, moving on to the schedule. Speaking about the record, moving on to the schedule. Um, First game at Stanford. It's funny. We just talked about that earlier. I don't think the time matters here. I think Stanford's better than him. Um, handily, I think Stanford's better than him. I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, at home against UNLV, I'm going to say that's a win. At home against State, I'm going to say that that is a loss. At Wisconsin, I'm going to say that's a loss. At Nebraska, I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, at home against Ohio, that is a tough stretch. At home against Ohio State, that's a loss. At home against Iowa, I'm going to say that that is a win. Why? I don't know. I'm going to say that that's a win against Iowa at home, I just think. Northwestern usually traps somebody in the middle of the year. I'm going to say that that's a trap game. That is a tough stretch. 
at home against Michigan State, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at home against Ohio State, and at home against Iowa. They got to get one of those. I can't have them losing every single one of those. I'm going to say that they catch Iowa at home. Uh, at Indiana, that's a win. At home versus Purdue, I'm going to say that's a loss. At home against Mass, UMass, I'm going to say that's a win. Uh, on the road against Minnesota, no, at home against Minnesota, that's a loss. And at home against Illinois, that is a win. Uh, let me make sure. Let me see here. Yeah, all right. So we got one, two, three, four, five. So I had them with five wins. And you know, after winning the Big Ten West and losing the production that they lost, I don't think that's a big stretch. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see. Actually, here we go. I actually have it right here. So every time Pat Fitzgerald has won nine or more games the year before, he does not follow that back up with a nine-win season. So in 08, they went nine and four. Uh, 2009, he followed that up with eight and five. That's actually not bad. Uh, but in 2012, they went 10 and three. Uh, 13 and 14, he followed that up with back-to-back -back five and seven seasons. In 2015, he they went 10 and three, and they followed that up with a seven and six year. I just think that's not his coaching. It's usually those senior-laden teams that he has – they produce, you know, he keeps those kids in the program four or five years. Um, they 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 go out, they show out, they have good production. Um, and then basically he gets a whole new group the next year and he's coaching on the fly. Uh, so um, I'm, 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 I'm interested, interested to see what happens this year, but I'm going to All right, so let's go through and we'll rank the teams one through seventh as far as where I think they will finish um, in the Big Ten West. So first off, seventh place, surprise, surprise, Lovey Smith and the Illinois fighting the line on. Sixth place, Northwestern. I just think it's going to be a down year, a lot of young kids playing. Uh, fifth place. And this is like a, a weird fifth place. I'm going to take Purdue. Um, I think a seven-win season is good for them. I still think that they're building. I still think Jeff has something special there. I think in two years, that team is playing in a Big Ten title game. Fourth, same thing goes for Minnesota. Uh, third, I, I got the always uh, the always reliable Kirk Ferentz. And the Iowa Hawkeyes finish the third in the Big Ten West. And I think... Uh, Finishing in first, it's between Wisconsin and Nebraska. And I think that game is going to be the tiebreaker on who the Big Ten West champs are. And right now I have Wisconsin as the Big Ten West champs. Nebraska finishing in second place. Um, And, and you can swap out Nebraska and even put Minnesota. You can swap out Nebraska and put Iowa. You can swap out Nebraska and put Purdue. Um, I think the Big Ten West is that competitive as far as who's going to finish in second place. Um, but 
just seeing what's coming back, uh, the schedule, how the schedule lines up. Um, I see Wisconsin um, going on and, and winning the Big Ten West Championship, and uh, you'll get my prediction on who they will play from the Big Ten East and the Big Ten title game next week. Once again, I'd like to thank you guys for listening today. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate the love. Um, we had over 45 uh, listens on the first podcast. That means a lot to me. Um, let's try to get that number bigger. Um, try to make the, uh, you know, broaden our audience. Try to bring you guys things that you want to hear. Um, once we get the through a couple of these predictions, I, I think I'm only going to do a couple of conferences. Maybe uh, just a pop. I'm not... I think I'm just going to do the Power Five. I'm not going to um, bother with the other conferences. But uh, once we power through those and and then we can, you know, start getting ready for training camp and, and everything. Um, listen, guys, I have a full-time job. Uh, I'm also a coach. I'm going to try to get this thing out every week. I promise. Um, there, there was a, a big gap in between last episode and this episode just because, you know, I just wanted it to be better than the first. Uh, I'm a perfectionist. I felt like... You know, the first one was okay. Um, I feel like this one's much better. Um, So once again, um, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, If you have any comments, uh, go ahead and hit the Facebook page up, man. Um, Tell me what you thought. Uh, Tell me who you think is going to win the Big Ten West. Um, Who you think the best coach is, who you like, uh, the players that you like, uh, the matchups that, you you know, you're ready to see. Um, I will answer you guys, man. I I will be active on that page if if I get... uh, you know, comments and everything. So, um, you know, let me know what you thought of the episode. Uh, let me know what you guys think of the Big Ten West. Um, and once again, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.